This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap. It's Thursday, it's the 11th of January, 2024. Coming up today, what is the future of Lady A? And is it still worth the money in 2024? You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Hey, Sean Priest, how are you doing? Why is this not fading down? There we go. Uh, hello, Sean Priest, how are you today? <laughs> I'm doing great, thank you, Stephen. You're sounding gorgeous today. I'm feeling a bit better today. Oh. It's taken almost a week for me to get back to what feels like some kind of normality. I don't feel that my head is ready to explode anymore. Now, why do you think that is? Do you think that's um, overindulgence over the holiday period there? I, that's, mm. that's what I'm putting my money on. Hang on a minute. Oh. I've decided, because I had a chat with uh, You Know Who. Do it. You know, um, Mr. F. Everything's a bit slow today in here, yes. including me. Um, but... I uh, had a little chat with them, and, and you know, I've decided we're going to try something different on the show. We're going to tell people what's coming up at the beginning of the show, at the start of the show. Oh, no. I know, it's a new Breaking idea. News. so formulaic. I believe the term is that I just made up. <laughs> and we, I know, and we're, we're often very resistant to formula. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even as a child, no. I was resistant to formula. <laughs> That's very good. So thank you, yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, come but, on then. No, I, I'm going to tell you that today we're going to be talking about the Amazon Echo and we're going to have David Ward joining us from the Echo Tips podcast to talk about the future of the Echo. And he has had a chance to play with the new chat with Lady A feature, which is like the new fancy AI version, the new generative AI version so that's coming up. I wanted to say that now because what's going to happen is you and I are going to d- divert into something ridiculous and then I'll forget to say it and then people will forget why they've tuned in and then suddenly David will appear and all feel weird. There. Are you happy now, Mr. F? Hmm? Are you happy well, I'm, now? I'm happy. No, no, not you, Mr. F. The order came from happy. up above. He's not going to wake. What are you talking about? You think I spoke to him, honestly? Oh, I feel so conventional now. Now you've laid out our storefront. I know, it did feel a bit... I I didn't like that. I don't like it. Let's talk about cheese. No, what I wanted to pick you up on in your intro there was, is it still worth the money? What? A smart speaker? Yes. The, the, The most affordable piece of tech you could probably ever own. How's that Apple Studio display going, Stephen Scott? Uh, let's move on. Okay. Uh, so uh, David Ward's coming up later. Did I say that? Uh, <laughs> no, but I mean, no, I'm not suggesting that, you know, the Apple Studio display is a frivolous piece of tech you should go out and buy. I am. Never suggested that. Okay. You're suggesting that, and, and I'm an and Echo, Google Nest, whatever, you know, is a frivolous piece of tech. It's just a, a few quid, you just go and buy one. And it's great. I'm saying I don't know if it still has as much value as it had because of some of the challenges. Look, we're going to get on to all this with David. Oh, right, so okay. We'll, we'll, we'll just, come back okay, to this. Okay, sorry. Wow. Hello, listeners. Welcome to the show. It's so nice when we start, you know, it's contentious, like right off the bat. Have you heard about the Rabbit R1? <gasps> the Rabbit R1. Do you know, can I tell you something? Breaking news. Breaking news. I just wanted to find some reason to play that in for an actual purpose today. And that seemed like a good one. Uh, so the Rabbit R1 is uh, sold out already. Was it like 100,000 units have already sold? Well, it's well, gone. Well, it's well, sold well, out. Let's, let's calm down a little bit. 10,000. 
But, was it 10,000? Yes, but this is from a... I've told you a million times I don't exaggerate. <laughs> this is from a startup, and they were expecting to... Well, they said they would be happy if they sold 500 on day one of the launch. Oh, well, they've done all right then. And they sold 10,000 of these little AI devices. Reminds me, puts me in mind of the humane AI pin a little bit. Yeah, but it goes further than the humane AI pin, which, by the way, is also in the headlines this week because of the cuts over there. They're letting go some staff over there. And uh, one of the founders, I believe, has left as well. So I don't know what that means. I mean, I guess these companies go through a lot of change at the beginning. I'm sure if you look back at Google and Apple, (laughs) redundancies and changes all the time, right? So I don't think you can get too hung up on that. I think the question will be, what will be delivered with Humane AI pin? Whereas with the Rabbit R1, it's already being sold. It's, it's already delivered. being made available. It's in people's it's being delivered, hands. Yeah. Yes. They... So, so what is it, Sean Priest? Go on, tell us what this thing is. Mm, okay. So Why is everyone so excited about this it? This is a device that uses AI. There you go. I hope you don't need any more than that. It's... Oh, well, that, that makes, it all makes total sense now. <laughs> so it's Hang a... on. That doesn't absolutely everything on Earth have AI now in it? Oh, trying to, yes, or being relabeled as AI. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah, so the way this works, this is a little pocket device. I believe it's around $199, something around there. Um, now, Affordable. what we keep saying, or at least I keep saying about AI, which impresses me so much, is the LLM, the Large Language Model. The way that you can ask it questions, just like you're talking to anyone else, really, really changes the way you talk to tech. That is the incredible thing about AI. Now, what this little device does is it uses something called LAM, or a Large Action Model. And what it does, it analyzes apps and the interfaces of apps. So instead of having to open up Spotify or whatever else, whatever shopping app or whatever it may be, you can simply ask this device. Uh, that One of the demos given was, hey, I want a holiday here and I want to book a SUV to travel around in. I want this restaurant. I want this food. And this device is able to use the apps. And rather than having you having to open up each individual app, it does it all itself. It understands what you want and it understands which app and how that particular app can achieve that and does it for you. It's really cool. It's really intriguing. Now, it's all a little bit vague at the minute. I would love to have one in my hands so I could play around with this. From an accessibility point of view, this could be really interesting, but it does sort of, this is the first peak of what we've been talking about when it comes to AI and how this could impact various operating systems and that the interface is changing with ai do you really need an interface do we need 100 different apps on our phones on our computers the pointing and clicking and tapping and swiping Mm. that no longer the ai can figure out okay to do that i need to open up this app and when i open up this app this is how i interact with the interface without us having to do anything so it's very, very impressive sounding. And by mm. the amount of sales they've had from the CES demo that they did, obviously they've, they're they on to something because they did sell out of 10,000 units. Yeah, and it's a great, well, I say great, it's an interesting piece of technology. I think you're right, though, it's the underlying technology that is of more interest perhaps to us at this stage. You know, as much as I would love to have gone out and I was very tempted to hit the pre-order button on the Rabbit R1, as soon as I saw it, I, I actually, it came to me because I saw a tweet from someone who said, I've just watched this and I've just pre-ordered it. 
And I th- that was what immediately made me think, hmm, okay, that's an interesting comment to make. Yep. You know, I want to pre-order it, or this would be quite cool is one thing, but to say I've just gone out and done it. So I watched the, the, the whole presentation, as I'm sure you did. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll be waiting to hear the usual calls of there was no mention of accessibility and all the rest of it, because that'll probably come up. There wasn't. But I think well, there was no mention of it at all. But, you know, again, I think we're, and I know people hate me saying this, but it is true, we're at a very early stage here. And these are very small companies in often cases that are beginning to build something that I think even they know is not the finished product. People are buying this to get this type of technology out into the world. Like you see, this large action model that we're talking about. This is where things will change for us in the long term. And I think when Apple and Microsoft and Google develop that kind of technology into computers, it is going to change computing forever. It really will. You know, everyone's excited this year about spatial computing. But I have to say, this type of computing, this large action model approach, is more my domain, more of my interest. Yeah. Because it's like that thing of, I want to book a holiday. I think there was one example where he wanted to book a holiday. Like you say, he wanted to book the, the holiday, the car, the rental, the whatever else it was. And it just often did it. He, he could ask for an itinerary of things to do. And then it gave him quite an action-filled holiday, you know, timeline of things to do, itinerary of things to do. And he's like, could you simplify it a bit? You know, give me a few things to do a day, you know, rather than 10. Yep. And it simplified it. And we know AI can do that. It's, it's that connection. Like, I've, I've said this for long enough. You know, the one word here that is crucial in the AI conversation is connections. Because it's all these elements coming together. And that's what's going to make the difference for us. You know, the ability to eventually, and of course, I know this is a long way off, but eventually the, the time when I can say send $10 to Sean Priest because he bought lunch. I mean, that's never going to happen. Never. I mean, you know. No, uh, no, but, you know, no. this is why I can use this as a real example, because I know it will never happen. And if it does, then it will be quite a day. Well, lunch um, for us too, for $10, that's never going to happen. That's not going to get as far, <laughs> I know. <laughs> that was just the drinks. But um, I think, you know, just being able to ask that question, it going off to the internet, going to my bank, going into my bank, authenticating with my bank, which, of course, we have to do all that pre-authentication in advance, and that's fine. And in particular with the rabbit, um, this particular piece of technology, the way it works is it's all done online. So you go into, on your computer, you go to, say, Spotify, you authenticate with your uh, Spotify app, and then it connects through. And a lot of devices do that these days. Yeah, nothing is held kind of thing. in the rabbit device itself or on rabbit no. servers. It's all, yeah, it's all You don't even authenticate through rabbit no. servers. It's all done directly. You're just taken to Spotify's login page or whatever it is. I think that there's real potential here. And again, it all feels very early in the conversation. Some might even say frivolous or gimmicky, but I think it's this, this is the gimmicky stuff that I'm interested in because this is what could change our way of working. And I think I've said this before, I said it last year, that I think AI is going to change web accessibility for us in a huge way. And this is a perfect example of it. I don't even think web accessibility, the way we use computers, even if we need a computer. Mm -hmm. We talked about AI PCs in the other episode, and we we talked about, um, you know, could a smart speaker do everything you need? Well, you said this. You said this the other day. You said, I want something that I can just ask one question, and it goes off and does these things. We're used to, you know, know, we kind of got a little bit of this at the moment, right? So I think about my Philips Hue light bulbs. I'm asking a smart speaker, which is not a Philips device, to turn on my lights in my living room. And when I do that, I'm talking to a smart speaker that's connected because I've authenticated through to Philips. 
and Philip's hue. And then it's instructing it to do something and then sending back the command saying it's done it. And then that's when Lady A says, yep, done. I've turned on your lights or whatever. And the lights actually come on. And it's basically that. It's an extension of that to the entire web that is the large action model. Yeah. No, exactly. And I think you're right. Look, I, I hate to be too, oh, this is going to change everything. You know, this one, this rabbit R1. Not to take anything away from what they've done here, but this is the early shoots of where this is going to lead. Absolutely. I don't think AI is going to be like 3D televisions where it's suddenly, yeah, I remember in 2023 when we all talked about that and in 2028 now it's, yeah, yeah, no, that never came to anything or the metaverse even if that ever comes to anything. You know, I think this is definitely, this is the foundations that we're seeing here. The the way that we interact, that's what AI has changed for me. The way we interact, be it through speech or be it through the way that it can interpret what we want and how it can achieve that. It's going to be massive. And uh, yeah, this is exciting. And the, the price point of it, under $200, why not give it a go? Well, I think the pricing is as smart as the device, to be perfectly honest, because, you know, the key here is to get this out to more people. $699 is what the price of the Humane AI pin is, and it doesn't have the large action model. It's essentially an AI companion, and that's all it is. It does have connections, but those connections are kind of preset. Yeah, it's, it's all... Um, <clears throat> excuse me, it's slightly different a way of achieving the same thing. Human AI pin, they were saying that you shouldn't have to install apps, you shouldn't have to, like in a smart speaker where you uh, enable skills, it should just work it out for you and know what to use itself. And it's sort of the same thing, and with Microsoft Copilot. I mean, I was a little bit brutal with it the other day, but the point is that when you can add plugins to it to give it access to things like your shopping, you know, your grocery shopping uh, account or app or whatever you want to call it, service, then these all are going to be able to work out not only how to do things and what you want, but also do those actions for you. So it's all heading yeah. the same way. Speaking of CES, of course, it's ongoing at the moment. Wraps up, I think, today or tom well, tomorrow, isn't it? It actually wraps up officially. It's very quick. It's a very quick week. Uh, despite the number of announcements and, and technology announcements that come out. And, you know, overall, CES has unfortunately lost some of its credentials in some ways because of the fact that a lot of tech companies have realised that rather than having their announcement buried under a million other press releases and announcements, you know, they can just do their own events. So big companies like Apple and Google and Microsoft that used to have huge presences at, those, uh, at the CES events have kind of pulled back a little bit from that. And I mean, Apple in particular, almost entirely. Um, Microsoft, I think, are still there, but in a very small way. Google are there to an extent. They're talking a lot about Android this week. Um, but that's kind of it. That's kind of as far as it goes. And, and that's a shame. But I think what it actually has done, also, and it's interesting listening to the, the mainstream tech media on this, I listened to a few other podcasts. They do exist. I mean, you know, they're okay. And um, <laughs> they, uh, they were talking about CES and how it had lost its way. I actually think the opposite is true. Because I think it's allowing the smaller companies to shine and it gives them a chance to actually get their products out there. And I have to say, on the accessibility front, a huge amount of tech being talked about this year. So what we're going to do here on Double Tap, I was thinking about this through the week. How do we cover all this? There's so much to talk about. We could talk about CES probably for the next month and we would still not cover everything. But I think what we're going to do tomorrow on the show is we're going to just dive into the specific accessibility technology that we've found and researched and looked at uh, that we know about 
and we will certainly not be able to catch everything. But we will talk about the types of tech that we've seen from our perspective as blind people, and we'll show you that, and we'll talk about that tomorrow. There's been really interesting conversations happening uh, over on Access Tech Live. You might have uh, seen our first episode which we broadcast last uh, yesterday afternoon on AMI-TV and on YouTube, 12 noon Eastern, uh, a two-part special of uh, CES happening this week. So uh, yesterday uh, it's uh, aired at 12 noon Eastern, and today at 12 noon Eastern, as this show airs on AMI-audio, we're also live on AMI-TV. So you can, you, you've got to make a decision right now. I say stick with us, but, you know, no. you can because, because you can check. You can check it out later, right? So on AMI+. Plus. Yep. If you're in Canada, AMI Plus is where to go. You'll get all of AMI's amazing original content programming. And on YouTube, you can get us as well. And you can find all of the Access Tech Live content at accesstechlive.com. Marco Flalo puts a power of work into making that happen. And all of the segments are broken down. You can check all out there, accesstechlive.com. And, of course, you can keep up to date with all of our thoughts on doubletaponair.com. Tomorrow, I am going to put a little blog up as well, just kind of picking out my top 10 announcements as well, so you can go and read those and, and get links to the stories. It's, it's quite a week to cover. Um, a little And it's blog. funny because right. uh, having been at CES... What? A little blog. Just, just, a, oh, just, just a, 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 a tiny, just a tiny, just a tiny wee thing. Just yes. a wee blog. Yes. That's, it's a wee blog. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's, <laughs> it's so much to cover. And having been there in 2020... And having walked around it, I don't think you can cover it as, as well as you can by not being there. I know, it um, sounds kind of... It's actually to... easier to cover it here. <laughs> yeah, no, it is, though. It's absolutely true. I've got to say, I'm still very, very, very impressed that you went out there and covered it and ended up being totally on your own, by the way, mm, Stephen Scott. It's not easy, you I'll tell you. were a star. Well done. Uh, thanks to Jane. Didn't lose my bags that time, but uh, good, oh. good old Jane, she uh, did manage to... Get me there and back. I think if we hadn't, if, it, I mean, if Jane wasn't there, I'd have been screwed. And I'd been sitting in a corner crying, like most people at CES. Yes, <laughs> most journalists. I think there's a staircase in particular, <laughs> in one particular hall. I think it's just the crying staircase. <laughs> but I can't take anymore. <laughs> I can't hear anymore about talking toilets. <laughs> anyway, yes. aside all that. What Stephen bought this week? I bought something. Ooh, what was it, Stephen Scott? <laughs> I'm, I'm very intrigued because I've got no inkling about this, no inkling no. whatsoever. Well, you, I'm inkleless. What, what if I? You, you're inkleless. I am. I'm so sorry. There's ointment for that, I believe. Uh, <laughs> inkleless. I can't. <laughs> I can't say it. <laughs> if you can say it, you can get it. That's the deal. What Beetle just say it three times. Um, now, what have I been talking about? What have, I, what have I been talking to you about this week that I've been thinking of getting rid of or replacing? <gasps> oh, um, your Apple Watch Ultra One. Oh, yeah, it's just a one. Yes. Uh, I've not. I've decided not to sell it. Oh. I think that'd be silly. All right. Because I think it's good to have, it's good to test things on, but that's as far as I want to go with it. Actually going out and, you know, getting things like The Time, I thought I'd get an actual watch. Oh, 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 okay. Mm. So I've chosen, and this is all because of Kyler. You know Kyler, right? I do. Unfiltered Kyler. thoughts from the remainder of humanity. Yes. Him. Uh, well, he put up, that's his words, by the way, not mine. Um, <laughs> uh, he put onto the gift guide at the tail end of last year his uh, talking watch choice, which is the Five Senses Smart Atomic Talking Watch. Yes, I used the word smart. Yes. 
So uh, this is forty dollars. I'm saying that up front because I think that's important to I want say. One. <laughs> it's not a bad price, <laughs> that's right? A bargain. It's a silver watch. It has got one of those um, expanding uh, bands, you know, the kind of wristbands. Oh, yes. I, 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 always, I can't remember the name of these. There's a name type for them, but mm. I don't know what it is. But you, you'd know it if you felt it. Um, I'm trying to think what it's called. There is a name for that type of band. I mean, it's a steel band. It's elasticated, but it's, but it's expandable. band. Yeah, there no, you go. That, Let's that, just go just, with that. I don't know whatever it is. Yes, I know exactly what you mean. Yes. So this has uh, an app you can use with it um and basically it's you you know you get these a lot of these talking watches are radio controlled so they you get the, the signal from the time tower or whatever it is the, the official time, uh, tower. Place, the time tower yeah that's the official place you get <laughs> time, to the lord of the rings here yes okay some sort of magic where it sets itself yes. to the accurate time well, the time tower beams out a signal and the watch picks it up well not with this you don't have to worry about that it all the, the time is set by the app and the date as well. Uh, you've got two buttons on there so that you can get the time, you can get the date as well. You can also set reminders, um, talking reminders that will play from the watch as well. Um, at least I think that's the case. It may be that they come from the app, but I'll find out when I get it. You can set alarms, and it does say voice alarms. Um, there's five pre-programmed voice messages, like remind you to take your pills, drink water, take a nap. Get up. Right, sorry. Get I'm, I'm very sorry. That's a bit that's a bit biased, isn't it? Who's this watch for? And it's time to take your pills. Wake up, get up. Uh, Come well, I on. Think you'll find there's a lot of people who would benefit from no. that, Sean Priest. How about hey, stop working out, Sean. Take a break, man. Oh yeah. Chill to the saying. max, uh-huh. etc. For us youthful yeah. audience. I think all those things I've just said about what these this offers is exactly what you need. <laughs> okay. Take your pills, Sean. Get up, Sean. <laughs> Stop eating, Sean. Okay. It's got a large face as well. So, so um, a bit like myself. Hey. Uh, and I was going to say, and you, but I felt that was a little bad fair. Uh, but yeah, Five Senses Smart Atomic Talking Watch. I have ordered it. I'm so pleased to say that not only have I ordered it, it's now currently unavailable on Amazon. So <laughs> I, maybe there's oh. only one available in the whole of the UK. And I've bought it. I'm quite impressed that it's available on Amazon. And um, not a specific yes. assistive tech website. That's quite nice. So thank you to Kyla for recommending it. I will give you more information as I get it. I should get it. It says tomorrow by 10 p.m. So there you go. This is such... We'll do a special episode. We'll do that on YouTube. There you go. There that'll, we go. That'll it's... be our first reason for being on YouTube. I'll be, I'll be quite honest with you. I'll be quite interested in that because you're going from the top end of the smartwatch, what we know as a smartwatch, in the Apple um, Apple Watch Ultra and you're going back to the roots, baby. You're going back basic, to... Basic, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's a step up well, basic your, with a bit extra. Yeah. Yeah. But still, 40 bucks. Uh, listen, we're going to uh, take a break. We'll come back. David Ward is joining us on the other side of this to talk all about the Amazon Echo. Some big features coming in. Some announced at CES, but David's actually had a chance to play with some of these features in beta mode. So we're going to get the latest from him on that and lots more discussion on uh, other things like the Vision Pro as well. All that coming up on Double Tap. Follow Double Tap on social media at Double Tap On Air and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts and email us feedback at doubletaponair.com. We'll be right back. Call the Double Tappers now, 1-877-803-4567, or email us, feedback at doubletaponair.com. 
He's the host of the Echo Tips podcast and he loves his Amazon Echo. Uh, David Ward is back with us. Hey, David. It's good to be here, Stephen. Oh, it's great to have you back uh, with us. Uh, so how's the Echo Tips podcast going? Is it as popular as Double Tap yet? <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but we're in our sixth season and uh, we, we really appreciate our listeners. And whenever I get notes and stuff from people, it's always encouraging. So, And uh, it's always a changing ecosystem, so which is always exciting. Well, that's it exactly, isn't it? It is such an interesting ecosystem because in my view, it has matured. It has been maturing now for some time, and it doesn't feel like wisdom is coming with this maturity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, sometimes you ask it questions uh, and it just kind of goes, "Mm, I don't know. Or my favorite is when I'll say, you know, um, based on uh, the website andypandy.com, and then it gives you the answer to, you know, whether paracetamol is good for dogs. Um, it, it's, it's just really Stephen, weird. It's, it's, what are you but, talking about? You know, you know, sometimes you ask a question to it and it comes back with this bizarre website, jackscakes.com says. I do. Yes. And you think, what, where is this coming from, you know? So you're saying it's maturing, but in the fact that it just feels like it's getting older and losing its memory. Is that what you're saying? It's, no, not, just feels, it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not even losing its memory. It's just not got much of a memory to start with. And I think current alternatives through AI, like for example, if you go to the chat GPT app and you're using the voice mode on, on that, that can feel way more ahead of its time. And it's it's not only able to answer you with interesting answers and engaging answers, but it's it's actually talking to you as opposed to just referencing some random thing on the web. And I just, I, I guess, David, my question to you is, you know, is the Echo, as far as you're concerned, if we don't look at the upcoming features, because I know we're going to talk about that today, we're going to talk mm-hmm. about the new exciting mm-hmm. AI features coming, but let's just park that for a second, because these are new features. What about mm. the bedrock? What about the foundation of the Amazon Echo? Is it still worth it? Well, I mean, it's a very economical uh, device, so it's not like it's a huge thing we're shelling out money for every month. But you're right, it definitely feels like to a certain degree the utility is kind of stagnated at those fundamentals like reminders, timers, calendar things, music, you know, but uh, podcasts. <laughs> but uh, you're right, it definitely feels like uh, her uh, her intelligence or her ability to process has kind of hit a plateau. Yeah, for sure. Why do you think that is, though, David? Do you think that's anything to do with the cuts, you know, across the tech market, really, but specifically at Amazon, the cuts in the staff to it? Because they've been talking for so long about this ambient computing, you know, and, and this whole, um, look, the ability and where AI impresses me so much, and I keep saying this every time we talk about AI, is the way that it can understand commands in the, the, the natural language, you know, and, and Amazon have been promising the the, the ability to give multiple commands and in some of the AI demos they've given before, that was the main standout point for me, uh, the ability yeah. to talk to it naturally. Because how impressive the smart speaker was when it was first unveiled, and it blew my mind back then, it does seem to have aged and not aged well, as Stephen kind mm-hmm. of said. What's mm-hmm. the reason behind its stagnation? I think uh, and this is this is total guesstimates on my part, and, and we'll talk about the new stuff later today. And I'll, I'll talk about how I think the Amazon cutbacks might have affected that. But um, the stagnation where we're at now, I think the technology has just hit the wall. Uh, you know, the original A Lady and her ability to respond was based on I think some primitive. Uh, like tree logic, you know, where you say this, it goes down this path, you say that, it goes down this. And I think there was some sort of rudimentary AI intelligence in that, but it was very 
primitive, you know, almost like if this is said, do this, tell him the weather. And I think it just hit ultimately uh, um, the limits of what that is capable of doing without infusing it with some of this new AI stuff we're going to talk about. I just think, and we kind of seen that with Siri, I feel like too, and uh, the Google Assistant, they just all kind of hit a certain plateau where, you know, they're just, this is about as smart as they're going to get unless we we do something else. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally agree with that because basically it, it feels like it's just looking out for keywords. It's a bit like a mm-hmm. Google search, to be honest, because mm-hmm. a lot of people will type an actual question as you would ask it to another human being, where in fact you can just type, you know, I don't know, Siri and commands. And it, it just goes off certain keywords and, and works off those. Yeah. So I think you're absolutely right. So... Moving on to the the AI features that were were demoed at the Amazon event there. So I I had so many questions following Uh this. Of course, it was impressive. And of course, we've been impressed by ChatGPT. Everyone has been. Yeah. But what? Okay, let's start off. So you've tested these features already? I have. I somehow got into the beta program. It uh, looks like I'm I'm testing it. And, and I, I almost made my question myself. I had to go back and listen to my own podcast. I'm like, because I'm like a voice in the wilderness. There is no documentation online about this on Amazon's site. There's no, if you go do keyword searches on this, all you'll see is September 20th dates where the original announcement was made. And I felt like I questioned myself, but it very clearly I'm in the beta. I'm using the phrase they talked about and it clearly says, you know, uh, you know, can do this, can't do that. And it has been iterating since then, too. So I can talk about some of the improvements and the pros and cons of of this feature. But, yeah, I'm 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 in it. I, I, I didn't get asked to sign an NDA or anything, so I'm. I'm really talk about it, I guess. Wow, we're rebels. We don't know what's going on, but you're in no it. That's idea. very cool. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. So, it's nuts. okay, as Stephen mentioned, this is more of a feature. Uh, well, I'm again. This comes back to the event, really, and I, I'm not yeah. quite sure why this is in its own sandbox. Is is it called chat with AI or something? Uh, yeah, the phrase you would use to trigger it or get enrolled to get signed up to get into it is called, uh, you know, you would say, a lady, let's chat. And I think what's confusing is if you go back and Google that, they were using that a few years back for other types of chat bots that were much more primitive, but they're recycling the phrase and using it now for their new Amazon AI chat rollout. So, yeah, and that's the one, that's the phrase they actually used on stage back in September. Yep. So... That was the demo that they gave was very impressive, very mm. chat GPT like. I, I hate oh, to yeah. keep referring back to that, but that has become the keyword for AI, basically. Um, very impressive, natural language. I was really impressed when someone sort of coughed or changed their mind halfway through a sentence mm-hmm. and, and didn't have to stop and give the command again. It simply picked up and carried on. Very mm-hmm. impressive. So, what's your initial reaction to this? Well, my initial uh, reactions is it's very primitive um, compared to something like ChatGPT and OpenAI's products, um, or maybe even Bard. It seems a little more primitive, uh, like it's really prone to hallucinate like nobody's business um, and like kind of go off on random tangents. Uh, but, uh, it clearly, it has a lot of the, uh, the capabilities there. Like you said, the easy understanding of what you're saying, uh, the ability to like generate, you know, like a poem or a story or something like that. Very, 
but it's just definitely early days where we're at right now. It's interesting. That's where you go to the uh, write a poem or a story or a, <laughs> you know write a limerick or a song. It's, it's very. Yeah. It's almost the what's the weather of the voice assistants when they first came out. That was. Yeah. Or do I need an umbrella? That was. That was the question. Uh-huh. I, I'm exactly. interested in the in the commands given again. So this chat with um, uh-huh. Lady A. Yeah. Is this just a chat or can you give commands? Can you control your smart devices? The thing that I want to always do with my smart speaker is do something Mm -hmm. like turn the heating on for one hour. Mm -hmm. Now, Mm -hmm. I'm unable to do that. I don't know if that's a limitation on my thermostat, my my Google Nest, or, you know, I, I need to go through a routine to do that rather than it knows itself how to do that. It's the smart device, the smart home capability, the ability for it to understand commands and take mm-hmm. multiple commands in one command, if you like, one sentence. Yeah. Can you do that inside of this or is this purely like a call Annie, if you like, just having a chat with AI? Yeah, it's like call Annie or, or Oracle of Light. You know, you remember that skill? Um, very similar yeah. to that. At this point, it's 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 sandbox, like you said, just informational constructs. Because if you go and ask it to interact with my, uh, my porch light or something like that, it doesn't know anything. Even actually, some of the very, uh, you would think, basic A-Lady features like reminders, calendars, alarms, even it can interact with any of that yet or not. So, I mean, it's really sandboxed off. I think they're working on the dialogue, the back and forth. But but talking to it, it seems like it would easily comprehend what I'm talking about. It's just going to be ultimately when they connect that interface with smart home things. And I think that's where it's going to be really interesting for sure. Yeah, I've got to say I'm totally with you on this because, Sean, I I feel exactly – same way you do. It's almost like that third party connection just isn't there. I'm just sitting back listening to you two talking about this. And it's just, it really is interesting to me how this is the bit of this puzzle that really needs to be solved. Because I don't think people, this will be a little bit like the smart plug or the, the IoT, the Internet of Things problem, where people will see the potential, but will have no idea how to get the two to work together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like you say, you'll be able to do lots of cool things like, you know, generate a limerick about, you know, my dad or whatever, <laughs> but that's as far as it's going to go. And we'll all get bored of that very quickly and then we'll want it to do something else. Now, I guess that's probably why they're bringing it out as a feature rather than saying it's a replacement mm-hmm. for Lady A herself. Yeah, and it, there's a lot. I can see why they're doing it this way right now because there are a lot of cons, a lot of uh, negatives that are there. I mean, uh, from the uh, hallucinating, which is maybe not the greatest phrase, but it seems the term that the industry's adopted, where she'll like just start making stuff up. Uh, and I had some fun with that, and telling her, I, you know, uh, tell me about when I won a million dollars or whatever, and she'll just start spouting off a whole story. Um, <laughs> now you you're know, hallucinating, uh, David. I'm telling you, I mean, and uh, you don't even want to know what I asked. I asked you about Stephen Scott and about Robin Christopherson oh, and Sean Priest. Oh, my gosh. Don't ask she, those questions. Yeah, she went off on a it's tangent, I'm telling you. And, and, you know, what's interesting, too, is I am I'm clearly getting A-B tested now and again. So the, when I talk to her one moment... Later in the afternoon, I talk to another one, I'll get sometimes a different result. So like one time I was like, oh, I'm going to make this thing hallucinate about Robin and I'm going to send him a clip. 
And, and she wouldn't do it. She was like, no, there's no evidence that has ever happened. Robin never won a million dollars or whatever, you know, and, and she wouldn't do it one day. So I was like, oh, wow, they really clamped down and they kind of, they put some safeguards in place. But then the next day I was trying a different one and it wasn't, it wasn't quite doing that. And, um, I think too, they're going to need to work on, uh, some of the explicit filters or parental controls. Cause right now you could probably tell her to pretty much write a story about anything. Oh, really? Oh, hello. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, you, you could go straight from PG 13 to rated R or whatever. I mean, and she, and she would just spout it off and I'd be like, what are you doing? No, Sorry, no, David. No, I just no. have to say, Sean, don't even think about it. Okay. I am don't definitely thinking think about, about it. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like, to, to be fair, we are, yeah. as you said, we're in the beta here, right? This isn't the official rollout or anything. So yeah, to be yeah, fair, yeah, yeah. these sort of things, this is where you would expect these problems or these yeah. tweaks to to come in. So uh, I've yeah. got to be fair to them. But I've, I, I do worry. I am worried yeah. why this chat sandbox was actually the focus of the event rather than, hey, you know what, the, the as Stephen said, the foundation here, the core of mm-hmm. the Lady A intelligence is going to be powering this. And of course, I'm, I'm, that's where it's going to lead to. But I just, mm-hmm. is this simply, okay, we need to roll this out because we feel we're being left behind the, you know, GPT bandwagon here? I've got a different theory on this, by the way. Oh, okay. Mm. I, think right, it's, we'll I think it's a way no. to monetize the Lady A experience. I think oh, what they're think, looking to do is yeah. actually find a way to, okay, so you've got to pay for this AI feature mm-hmm. and that will eventually replace, you can still have, you know, bargain basement level Lady, Lady A experience. A yes. Yeah. Um, you know, who who doesn't know very much? So it's like you know a, a, an idiotic friend. Um, mm. Hello. Or <laughs> <laughs> or I, I didn't name you in that. I have to say, just, just for, in case the lawyers are listening, I didn't name him. <laughs> um, but you know, you've got that, and then you've got you know the super smart version of Lady A, which costs you know ten dollars a month. Yeah, I, I agree money. with you, Sean. I mean, uh, Stephen, I think that's probably where it's going to go. It's going to be a, a monetization grab to make it a lady plus or whatever it's going to mm-hmm. be. Yeah, I think so. That would be a mistake in my view. That would be, they will get left behind. At the minute, they've got the stranglehold on the smart speaker market. Mm. If they go down that route of, okay, you've got this, which will be at that time, the idiot version or you can pay us for a, a version that actually works like everything else is going to work. Uh, they're going to get left behind. And will they, though? I mean, I, I mean, look, we're all waiting to see what Apple does, right? There's, there's talk of, uh, there was rumour this week, um, that Apple would announce its generative Siri AI at mm-hmm. uh, WWDC this year. Now, I have to say, I, I, I'm absolutely flabbergasted that anybody thinks this is news. Because of course that's when they're going to announce it. When else would they announce it? That's exactly when they announce these kind of things. And they've already kind of said that, you know, 2024 is the year that Siri will start to get a bit more of a brain and, you know, be more capable. But, you know, I will be really interested to see how Apple does this. And if Apple gets it right, then I think you've got a new contender. I think this is the thing we're all waiting for. If Apple gets, because you know what they always say, right? Apple are always late to the table, but when they do get there, they show up with the goods. And, okay, they didn't do it first time around with Siri, but with AI and generative AI, I think that is going to be quite different. So oh, we'll wait and see. We shall wait and see. But I think that if you're looking, about, if you're looking at it from a purely competitive point of view, mm-hmm. I would say 
at the moment, yeah, Amazon are doing okay. I think that's just because Google have, I don't know what's happened with Google. A lot of people say they like using Google. And, you know, mm. the people who use it seem to get on with it. I just, I, I always struggle to know what to do with it. You know, I think the skill store is, is what set the Echo apart from the Google Nest. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And, and I think Google's been retooling their version of the store so much so that they've lost a lot of people. And, yeah, and, it, and the app and the, just the interaction in the app for configuration purposes is the most complex, convoluted thing I've ever mm. <laughs> encountered. Uh it's pretty nuts. But it's got hey, a nicer voice. Also, yeah. yeah. Nicer voice. It feels a bit voices. nicer. Interactions are nicer. Mm-hmm. But it just doesn't mm-hmm. have the doesn't have, doesn't have the the innards, shall we say. Uh, well, yeah. See, that's it. You're struggling for the thing that it doesn't have. And I'm exactly the same. There just seems to be something I feel is missing from it. Is it the skills? Because a lot of people say, and the whole point of Google Nest, or is it still called that? No, I have no idea why it's called that. I the whole think point. So. The whole point of it was that you just ask it to do something and it figures out what you need, yeah. almost like the um, humane AI pin is is claiming to do. You don't actually have to go through the skill store and install something. You say, oh, do this, and it'll go, oh, you need this skill and do it for you. That was the whole point of the Google, but it never seemed to work that well or it just seemed a little bit, as you said, it seemed a little bit too overcomplicated for me. So well, I do have something exciting to share, gentlemen, though, if you'd mm-hmm. like. Oh, please. Ooh, exciting. Is this, is this breaking, news. breaking news? This is just, it? just happened today. Oh, oh. <laughs> I went over and was talking with the new AI on Amazon, you know, Let's Chat. And I said, I'd like to talk to a character AI. And she came back and said, who would you like to talk to? Oh, and she gave me a list. And so I think I talked to Albert Einstein this morning. I think I talked to Sherlock Holmes a little bit. And it was a little buggy. Sometimes it would crash, not, you know, and kind of exit. But it definitely, they're starting to roll that out in the beta so that you can interact. And it's a little disappointing at this point because it's still using the same text-to-speech engine. So you're still hearing this typical A-lady voice. I would like some sort of like, you know, oh, actual Sherlock Holmes Oh, yeah, voice. I was thinking it was going to have a yeah, voice. Of course. Yeah, you need that really bad. But uh, yeah, it seems like a real Hello, I'm roller. Albert Einstein. Is that, is that, is that it? Is that, is That's that exactly it? how he sounds. <laughs> <laughs> That's dreadful. Come on. Because I was going to say, that'd be really cool to get, you know, that voice. I mean, I guess we'd. Do, do we know what Albert Einstein sounded like? I'm sure we got a recording somewhere. Can we not stick that into yeah. Eleven Labs and turn it into we a voice? Probably and, do. Come on, Amazon. We probably do. <laughs> yeah, and it looks like they're rolling out kids' versions too. Because I got like weird things. Would you like to talk to a wizard or a uh, mystician? Uh, Hello, I'm a wizard. Or, yeah, a wizard or. Uh, the same voice well, as Albert Einstein. Like yeah, exactly. That's my point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but don't, doesn't this seem all a little bit frivolous? I mean, look, I, I, I don't want to be down on this. I don't because I love the uh, Echo Smart uh, ecosystem. I love it. But honestly, I, I don't want to talk to characters. I want you to, to control my house in a way that's easy, quick, and I don't have to write a routine to do things that you should be able to do. I mean, again, is this just testing for that future is this all this is? Or are we wasting time here, Amazon? Well, I know. I know. Harsh. I know. I think giving it some sort of personality or having that could be kind of fun. I mean, if you could talk to, you know, 
a movie character for a week or so, and that's your A-Lady, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger or something like that. I, I think mean, people would, would love that. interesting. I yeah. think people would course, love that. Of course, yeah, but we're, we're just down to voices then, though. I don't want to actually talk to the AI personality that is Arnie. Uh, All I want is his voice because it makes me laugh. I, I don't want, all I want you to do is do what a smart speaker does, which is, in the most part, play a radio station or music that I want and control my smart home. And do it in a way where you just, I don't know. It's funny, right, how we seem to, I, as I said before, I was so impressed with smart speakers when they first rolled out. I was, wow, this is the future. We're living in the future. This is like every sci-fi movie I've ever seen. I'm talking to it, it understands it, and it responds pretty quickly. Mm. But then, you know, give it eight years on, and it seems like, yeah, you're you're not very good. Um, I want more. You should understand me better. Mm. Yeah, but then they uh, give you more, and you say, I don't want that. Yeah, but they're not giving us Can more. They're Albert giving us Einstein. I mean, what <laughs> they're giving me here is the core Annie skill on a, a smart speaker. Uh, the uh, Oracle of Light, as you mentioned there, David. We've had yeah, these yeah, skills yeah. before, uh, a third party. So they're making a first party uh, Amazon skill available. I don't want that. I, I don't care about that. I don't want to talk to AI in that way. It's, it's fine. I want you to do things for me, productivity or whatever it is. Smart speakers are part of my home now. Everyone uses it. That's that's a sign of how good they are, how mm. how they've broken through. The kids use it. You know, my partner uses it, which is in itself amazing. Um, but, you know, any technology I usually bring in, oh, yeah, I'm not interested. But the smart speaker has broken through that barrier, become really, really mainstream, and mm-hmm. because of its design for us, totally accessible. It's fantastic. I just want more. Is that too much to ask? Yes. Um, I want to ask you, uh, David, so on the, just after that absolutely nonsensical rant, it it felt like Uh something that deserved some kind of background music, some sort of building to some kind of crescendo, (laughs) but it it actually didn't deserve anything at all. So it got nothing. Um, But I wonder if, or what your thoughts are on the Mm -hmm. visual side of smart speakers, because this is something we're seeing rolled out more. And, you know, in the last couple of years, in the last couple of Amazon events, we've seen They've talked a lot about echoes with Mm. screens and all that stuff. And I know that they're probably trying to build more smarts Mm. in for the mainstream. But that can have an knock-on impact for us. I mean, I know from having the Echo Show that Mm. I don't get as good an experience as I do with the Echo Dot. You know, there's things I miss because it will not read things out on the screen. Yeah. And I just wonder what your your take is on all of that and what the development of, or where the development of that is going. Um, well, I think that's one of the chief things is that boundary between speech and then imagery or videos or whatever. And that's always been kind of historically challenging. The The original Echo Show, um, before Amazon and Google got into a tiff over YouTube, you could play YouTube videos. I don't know if you all remember that really yeah. well on Echo Shows. And then they got in a little tiff about, you know, blah, blah, blah on advertising or something. And so then it became progressively more difficult. You had to interact with the screen using the screen reader and stuff like that. And so you pretty much got into like a handful of content you could easily play on the Echo Show. I mean, obviously any TV show on uh, on Amazon and I think some other providers maybe integrated like Netflix and the like. 
Um, I think for the blind community, the blindness community, I mean, we obviously have got little snippets now and then, like the show and tell feature where it's kind of like a, a tap, tap, see, you know, where it takes mm. pictures and stuff. But it's always, it never got very well refined, you know, it was kind of buggy, uh, didn't work great. And it was kind of an oxymoron because the, um, Another feature on the Echo Show with the camera was a barcode scanning feature that was made for sighted people, but they never seemed to integrate the two together so that me as a blind person could like scan a barcode on a can of soup. I would have thought that would have been great. Uh, And then, you know, hey, order me a case of this or whatever. Um, So, yeah, it's always been kind of a kludgy interaction. Um, I mean, they do have the screen reader on the touch screens and they have the magnification client, which is really good for low vision people because you could like blow up the clock to make it like five inches tall letters or numbers or whatever. But, uh, yeah, it's always been kind of uh, finicky. In fact, I've never left the screen reader on on my Echo Show consistently because, It'll start rambling in the background occasionally. Mm-hmm. I'll be like sitting yes. over at my desk and then it's like for some reason reading off some story about Britney Spears just popped up on the screen or something and like uh uh-uh, uh Well if you I, ask I for it then that's what yeah. will appear, David. So yeah. you know if you're gonna oh, ask for Britney Spears saying. I wanna ask you something, bringing up um cameras and um the visual side of it. Mm-hmm. Something was unclear during the event was that you didn't have to evoke the wake word and it could tell when you were talking to it and we assumed it was by camp what they virtually came out and said it it was because the camera was watching you you when you Mm -hmm. were facing it and you when you were having a conversation Mm -hmm. with someone else but then it seemed like the chat feature was available on the pop or one of the kids ones as well which you would assume didn't have a camera so Mm -hmm. have you got any more information about that i do not but i plan on getting some information sitting in my our training center at work, I have a brand new Echo Show 8. And that was the the model they used on stage that was supposed to have some of those new AI smarts in the camera that could like uh, track your face across this the, the, the room and make the clock bigger if you were standing too far away or make it tinier if you were up close. But it was that same engineering component that you mentioned that was making it easier to interact back and forth verbally, having a conversation. I think they said audio acoustics might be a factor too, you know, like if you're talking at it or away from it. And and that would trigger. And so I'm hoping uh, I hook up this Echo Show 8 and then I launch this new AI beta. Maybe I'll be able to test that and see if there's an improved kind of conversational dynamic. Because right now, it just kind of on an echo dot like I have here in the in my studio, it just kind of lingers after I ask a question to see if I want to say anything else. It's very kind of crude. It's not very refined at this point. Ah, but at least it works on a, the older yeah. devices, which is a good sign. Okay, that's no, cool. No, no, yeah. I'm using on an echo dot, yeah. I need to try this. What, what was, what's the command so anyone who can try this the command, out for themselves? Yes, sir. The command is uh, a lady let's chat. Now, you've been able to do that ever since the September 20th announcements, but you might have got a, depending on your locality or whatever, it might have come back and said, hey, would you like to be notified when this new testing is, is rolling out or this new beta is available? So I got that for months. <laughs> Uh, and actually in November, I almost pulled my hair out because it came back one day and said, Hey, you ready to try it? And I was like, Oh yes, yes. I got to hit the record button on the studio. And, <laughs> and then by the time I came back, it was, it was gone. It wasn't there anymore. 
Oh yeah, it's a very small window. You could try it. Very no. Sp- yeah, yeah. I, I did have. I was like, oh my god, I missed it. And then finally, a couple of weeks later, here in December, the end of December, I got access again. So, uh, but yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's very. Uh, so it's a lady. Let's chat, and hopefully that'll work in your uh, your area or region. Yeah, I give it a try. That can't can't hurt. So, to my first question, yes, sir, is the Echo still worth it in twenty twenty four? I'm going to go with uh, absolutely. I mean, even even with some of the challenges and crude things, you know, and then she, I don't understand what you're saying, you know, <laughs> or I got a quote from BillyBob.com, you know, <laughs> you just, despite all the failings of the A lady, I mean, you can't beat the fact that you can get an Echo Dot for fifty bucks retail. Uh, during the holidays, you could get them for like twenty dollars, and it wasn't long ago. And I know you guys know. When trying to get a talking calculator, trying to get a talking color, you know, uh, all these different talking appliances we used to have to buy in this community were hundreds of dollars. A little talking thing to tell me if my dollar was a $1 bill or a $20 bill was, you know, and we used to have all this stuff. And now I have this little device I can put on my desk and it may not work perfectly every time, but for 50 bucks and not a continuing monthly cost, I can, I can interact with it in so many ways. I think it's still a lot of utility for people. Now, one question that I'm going to be asking everybody that I speak to from here on in, and probably until uh, the beginning of February, is uh, will you be buying or be interested in the Apple Vision Pro that has just been announced that it will be available on uh, February 2nd? So the question is, will... David Ward be uh, interested in that. <laughs> Am I? Well, personally, I don't think I would shell out the money for it, especially with so many unknowns right now. I mean, maybe in the future, our training center will get a grant or something to buy one. But I think it, there's just too many unknowns right now. I, everything I've heard, though, about the the accessibility features they're going to have built in, uh, voiceover, uh, different types of color modifications and things, which might be really good for low vision people, um, are very compelling. But I think until I hear some people actually try it and see, you know, what's the practicality of this? How does, how could I use this in my workflow? Until I really hear that, uh, it sounds not, you know, an un, an untried thing, an unknown variable, you know, to spend so much money on. Mm. I don't think you're alone in that view. I really don't. I'm I'm of exactly the same view myself. Yeah. Um, and I know Sean is, and I know he's way too tight to buy one. So yeah, no chance. Fifty dollars. <laughs> no chance. Let's talk. That's right. That, yeah. Version yeah. eighty four. Yes. <laughs> uh, which happens to be in the Apple refurbished store. Then maybe he'll be interested. Uh, David, where can people find your podcast? Well, you can find me pretty much anywhere you can listen to a podcast. It's the Echo Tips podcast. And uh, yeah, uh, for the new vision program at Goodwill. And uh, you're welcome to check out our website too, uh, goodwillvalleys.com slash newvision, all lowercase, no spaces. We also have a newsletter we put out every month that has a lot of these tips and tricks in them. And we're hoping to roll out a new podcast soon too, which is going to be more flavored towards general assistive technology for the blind and vision impaired. We're going to be talking about innovations 
and do more of a round table and talk uh, about innovations we'd like to see in the future. You know, like what we think the next big thing should really be, you know, more or less in a wide variety of uh, applications. So, but yeah, uh, we'd love to have your listenership and we appreciate a lot of the listeners to Double Tap that listen to our program as well. Yeah, well, um, just don't, just don't think of, about, you know, competition, you know, because uh, we'll yeah. take you down. <laughs> Um, I know. Wow. <laughs> a little bit of aggression there, just to yeah. finish off the interview. The supportive blind community as it is. Yeah, we'll don't even think time. about competing with me. Uh, no, listen, I've said it for many, many times. I think we need more voices out there because as much as there are a lot of voices out there speaking now, and I think that's great, I think there needs to be more because you know, I, I want to hear more views. I want to hear more people talk. It feels a little bit like um, television or movies sometimes, so it's the same people yeah. we hear all the time. And that's not a bad thing, but it's also good to get new voices in. So welcoming or creating spaces where people can talk is great. And, and your organization does great work at this and bringing people in and, and you know developing those conversations. So yeah, good, good luck with that. That's, that's great news. Yeah, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Hopefully, we'll get uh, experts like uh, yourself or Sean. I think God. we might even have nope. Shelley Brisbane or Robin Christopher. Yeah, get them on. Yeah, proper. Get, get a round yeah, table and just tear the stuff apart. You know, why is my why is my screen reader still like acting like 1998 technology? Where's the cloud <laughs> functions? Where's these things I want to be in my screen reader? You know, or other things. And I think I think there's a lot of a lot of really good conversations we can have around that. Great to have you here. Oh, it was great being with you guys. Good, good talking to you, Stephen and Sean. It's good to be here. Yeah, thank you for that, David. Great to have you on uh, with us today. Uh, what a cool guy. And uh, great to learn all about his thoughts on uh, not just the Amazon Echo, but of course, the Vision Pro as well, which I'm sure we'll be talking about. Oh, for many, many weeks No doubt whatsoever. <laughs> Absolutely. And I will just say, I just tried to use that feature and it said, nah, you can't use it yet, but keep waiting. Uh. We're talking all about CES tomorrow on the show. We'll bring you all the big announcements that we've uh, been capturing over the week. Join us for our CES special of Double Tap tomorrow. Thanks, Sean. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider.